Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, we live now. Go ahead, go ahead, bring us to Cortez. All right, all right, all right. Hey, we are back with another great, great, great episode of Social Reality. Um, I've been away for a while. Please excuse my absence. I had some things going on, um, but but it's good things, good things. Um, back with my partners here, we got the queen in the room, Esther. Got we got the man Theus in here, and my boy Antoine, my partner for over thirty years. It's well, uh, all right. So we got we got good talk today. We got real yeah, good talk. It's today. about to be lit today. Hey, I'm telling you. Hey, all right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. So, no. so we're gonna we're gonna go into this this storming of the castle, if you will. The, the, the storming of the Capitol building down there uh, up there in DC. So uh as always, I always start with the lady of the room, Esther. You wanna wanna get into it and get an A on it? Man, okay. So what we saw on January 6th was white terrorism and white rage. That's all that was. It was a whole full-on, uh, as they call it, vanilla ISIS, because that's exactly what it was. Um, they're trying to do a coup, you know, on the government. And it's funny to me because, you know, I was watching all these different um news you know news stations and all the white folks are like oh my god like i can't believe this is happening and you know this is not our america and i'm like like are y'all serious right now like black people and i know they know that they knew that all along like what did you think was going to happen um then you know what really pissed me off was just the hypocrisy like i was watching these folks on social media during the summer when Black Lives Matter um, were doing their peaceful protest, I actually went to the George Floyd protest, which was like a huge protest in Atlanta. And they were like, what are they marching for? They were mad. Mind you, when I went to that protest, though, it was one of the most beautiful experiences I ever had. I mean, I saw it was it was like equal black and equal white people are, you know, they came with their kids. They, they came out with water. And it, was, it wasn't a shred of violence or anything. Peaceful protesting, and that bothered them, right? And they're like, oh, what, what are you crying about? You know what I'm saying? If you don't like it, just leave, blah, 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 you know? But then when you're actually watching this play out on national TV, and mind you, this is while they were in session, okay? Mike Pence was there, the vice president. Now we're finding out that Melania Trump was there for some kind of a photo shoot that she was doing. Um, a whole bunch of senators were there. And that just shows you how this man doesn't give a damn about anybody. He doesn't give a damn about, you know, his kids, his wife, uh, Pence. And, you know, they're like, oh, at least, you know, it's not half as bad as how, you know, it was in the summer when they were looting and rioting. But what's funny to me is, you guys, when you saw looting and rioting, and let's be let's be clear, let's be real here. There are low lives in every race. Asians have their low lives, Hispanics have their low lives, blacks have their low lives, whites have plenty of low lives as we saw January 6th. So how come when we are trying to fight for actual, but for them to see us as a human being, for them to you know, not even treat us equal, because really and truly, like. When have we re ever really been equal, right? But just to actually 
treat uh you know treat us humanely right and they're like so you see these low lives which happen to be black and it erases the whole movement oh they're just nuding and that's what they do right but yet when you saw your own white terrorists sit there and terrorize the capital you gonna sit there and you didn't say, oh my God, white people are bad. White people are terrorists. Look at them looting. You're like, oh, those are patriots. They're patriots and they're just fed up. And, it, and it's not as violent. Well, newsflash, I was just looking at CNN. There's like videos coming in where they said that it's actually far worse than what we first thought, okay? It's just with all the chaos. One reporter said that Trump supporters actually cornered her was breaking her camera and was dragging her and she's yelling because she thought she was going to die. Nobody helped her. She was actually able to get away and hide. All right. They said that another cop, since they say blue lives matter, they killed one because they bludgeoned them. All right. Like an animal with a fire, extingu uh, a fire extinguisher. Mind you, this man served in the military, went down range, I think to Afghanistan or Iraq, came back wasn't he, his brother said that he wasn't even supposed to really be working. He was trying to get some overtime only to be killed while you trying to do some overtime and get some money by a white terrorist. But they're saying it's not that bad, okay? And on top of that, had, um, had they been there when all the representatives were in the building, because they were, they were crying out, bring Mike Pence out. And that news that they had outside that was they that news was for Mike Pence. Right. They were saying Hank Pence. They so, had a new Right. So new imagine, news. imagine if Ilhan Omar was in there. Imagine if AOC was in there. Pelosi. It would have been a it would have been a slaughter. It would have been 10 times worse. And now all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, you know, this is this is this is a disgrace. This is not America. How did this happen? No. You're all complicit from Twitter, from everybody who gave them a platform, from the media, um, Mitch McConnell. I mean, it's a list of people, and we are not just going to let you sit there and with your hypocrisy and your bullshit and your fake shock and indignation, and you sitting there now. No, because now all eyes on you, and we're about to hold everybody accountable because. Now, for the first time, they're acting like they're shocked and they're surprised. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there's such a blatant difference in how, you know, they're treated by the police for this coup and Black Lives Matter and Black people. Seriously, we've only been telling you that shit for 400 years. Like, be for real. We're going to start holding people accountable. But I'm glad that it happened. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that it happened. Because America, your chickens came home to roost. You, you, you made this monster and make no mistake, Trump is not, Trump is not like when they say racism, Trump is a symptom, okay? He's just like, he just put that shit on steroids. Right, to, <laughs> kind of piggy, kind of, to kind of piggyback on something you said, Esther, you're saying that um, their chickens have come on the roof. Along with that, it seems like our race is the only race that they tell us, it doesn't matter what happens to us, we're the only ones that are being told to get over it. Yeah. To, to just get over it. So now, why can't you just get over get it over that, it, yeah. that the boy lost? You know what I'm saying? Now, y'all are the ones that don't want to let go. You know, yeah. you're the ones that are killing your own for, yeah. from 
for having a difference of opinion. And, and, and honestly, Cortez, it's the hypocrisy for me. The whole, you know, I thought, does blue lives matter or doesn't it matter anymore? You know what I'm saying? I was Is this a law and order president or, you know, is he just about resurrection now? So I'm just confused because it just seems that it flip-flops and nobody holds anybody accountable when it flip-flops flip-flops but then when it's the black community it's monolith, uh, monolithic like it's like listen this is what it is this is how these people are and we you know any mistake or anything that we make it's the whole race that has to care for you but right. when it's dumb it's just one individual you know what i'm saying and, and that's the part that i just have an issue with and also you know i was kind of sad a little bit that it took away from you know the victory that we did have by having Reverend, Reverend Warnock and John Ossoff in the Senate seat. So congratulations to you both. But yeah, it was just ridiculous. Right. Antoine, you got you got something you want to put in before I say something, bro? Yeah. So for me, for me, it was uh, it was uh, to me it was it was like as I said, it was the chickens coming on roost. But for me. I said in my and our post I put that I said it was it was the first time that white privilege had to face uh, white supremacy, right? Uh, and they're both undergirded by racism, um, but it was the first time that good civilized, decent, um, you know, white people had to actually see the veracity and the beast that they created when they have racism. They all the times they put it underneath the rug and you know put it in the corner. It's not really them and. They don't have to really worry about it, but all that's been that's been seething for 400 years. It's in this country. It all came. It it, it came to a head. Not 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 to say it hasn't come to head before, because it has happened before. Um, it has happened many on many occasions. I can think of Rosewood. I can think of uh, uh, Tulsa. Oh, I can think, well, those I can think of a lot of a lot those of those are different. They were coming after us. I'm talking about them on them. I mean, they're coming they're coming after us because of a, election and the Civil War. That's the, that's the other one. So. Right. Uh, but but to understand how the uh, how a concentration of a mob mentality when they're as a, together in a mob how they how they uh, when they have an ideology and how they they move so we we knew about that we 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 weren't we weren't surprised by it but I was just happy to see that we weren't um, you know because they tried to blame it on us saying there was Antifa and stuff like that yeah, and people would have never done that. Like that. that no. Like, no they would have never done that they would never they would never first of all Antifa would have put a mask on. First of all, that's that's the first thing they would have done. They would never gone without a mouth. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. But it was Tifa in the discussion. Just yeah, it wouldn't even. It wouldn't even be there. Smoke screen. Yeah. Yeah, it it wouldn't even be there. So that that, they so that they try to. What I'm seeing now is the point is trying to make it seem like there are like trying to minimize it, try to deflect and stuff like that. But what it is is just it's the same. It's the same play that they run always. To me, it's not surprising. They do the same play. It's gonna be like. Oh, we're gonna. It's not really that bad, but really, to me, this is to me. What I look at it as is even worse than that. This could have been a mass casualty event yes. that would have crippled the entire government, right? Yes. If you know, if they, those people have pipe bombs in their bags. Yeah. And, and the guy that the guy that had pipe bombs in his bag had twelve pipe bombs in his bag, and he yes. came almost three hours before the event, so he was looking to put these bombs somewhere. Oh yeah. Right. So. Now, now my, my, my thought about that, so if you had a mass casualty event that happened with that many people in, in a, a congregated place, if you had got Congress, our government would have been at its knees, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have, we would have had a dictator for sure because now at this point, 
we would have had uh, Trump as the only sole power with no checks and balances whatsoever, right? So what it also made me realize is that if I was a foreign agitator mm-hmm. and I saw how a couple of rednecks clampers would uh, could go could come up and push through and get that close to the heart of your government. Come on. What, what, what could I do with thir- what's up? What's up, Jose? Jose go, I, 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 don't stop for me. Go say it, man. Say what you uh, about to say. Uh, if that if that would have happened, you would have had you, you, you had a, a special forces. A, 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 we have we have Steel Six or whatever. We but if a Russian force that came in or a, a Iranian force or something like that that came in, they could have put our government at in a serious serious bad position, right? Sometimes it's not. It's, it, we could be the stupidest people try to expose our own weaknesses, and that's what I think we did. I think we exposed our weaknesses, and I'm I'm right now for the inauguration. I'm afraid. I wouldn't even go to the inauguration because I would, that right now looks like a a a, a the a perfect terrorism event. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it'd, be perfect, it'd be the perfect danger zone for talk, somebody. We, yeah, we talk. They talk about you know preserving their 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 democracy and preserving their country. But what all they really done is they've exposed, they've shown their country's ass. They've shown the weakness of the country. They show that if you want to, you want to take us over. This is how you can do it. Yeah, that's you know how you do it. So, um, for me, I'm just like it's 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 embarrassing. Like, um, and you can never you can never tell me anything about Black Lives Matter. You can't talk to anything like that because the, the hypocrisy is so strong right now. Mm-hmm. It stinks. The air is just stinks well, of it. But, but I mean, Antoine, America has always. Been brought to you by the letter H for hypocrisy because it's a bunch of hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's always, not always, always. Yeah. Now, one thing I'd say, um, and I'll try not to be not to wax on. All right. So first of all, I look at what happened on the sixth as a it's just a flashlight being shown on stuff we've already known, um, and it's actually a great opportunity uh, if we look at it the right way. So we're gonna come back to messaging, right? So when you look at CNN, MSNBC, everybody was covering what was going on. Um, You could literally see, as Antoine was saying, you could see white privilege uh, trying to reconcile with itself what was happening as white supremacy was pushing up against it, even though we on the outside have long known or should have long known that white privilege can only exist because of the vanguard of white supremacy. Like they make it possible. But this was the first time that instead of that fire being directed at others, they were seeing it coming back their way. But to say one thing about what you were saying, Antoine, um, and I know I'm a little bit different than than some (laughs) to say it mildly. Um, I wasn't embarrassed at all. Um, And also, I would also say, I'm not gonna say I was proud because it's still an attack on on my country, that's my home. But I wasn't embarrassed because when I look at it, really almost no one else could have had that same um, impact or progress. So let's say we use as an example a foreign force. First of all, we would treat them as invaders from the start. So the military, the National Guard, the the Capitol Police, they all would have been on alert and moving in unison to reject it. It was only because they were dealing with a force that they personally just refused to reconcile as a threat. It was cognitive dissonance at its finest, right? Because just a couple of weeks ago, 
they had the rally downtown in DC where they defaced the different churches. They were beating up people on the, on the street and the police response was lackluster at best. Then for the next two or three weeks, we're told this was coming. Like I'm not even in, and, those, and in, in those areas. They're checking their chatter. Right. So it was in 4chan or 8chan, whatever they call it now. It was in the dark web. It was on Facebook. It was on Instagram. CNN and all of them were still were also talking about they were worried about what mm-hmm. would happen on the six. This was all foretold. But because they really have a hard time looking at themselves as a threat, they, they, they constantly view themselves as someone that can be reasoned with. So then when that happened and Trump says, let's take it to let's take it to Congress. And that guy, Pence, who's been licking my boots for the last five years, um, he's part of the problem, too. So that's when the chant of go get Pence started up. Right. So like, I said, like I've always said, Republicans are strong as their weakest link. When they find that weak link, they throw them to the wall. Well, it's not even for me. It's not even that. So I'm what I'm what I all that stuff. Not to like relitigate the facts because we all know like how the events were unrolling. But Mm -hmm. I really want us as a community to pay attention to what's going on, and then we can stop being um, surprised or offended or shocked by things that we know are the case. We know they are treated differently. So don't be surprised when they're treated differently, but learn what are the tactics that they use so that you know how to see it when it's coming and react when you need to. And that's what I kind of get from that. Plus, if you're going up against someone, you know, if they're broken up and scattered, aren't they by definition easier to fight than a, a cohesive unit? So right now, is an excellent opportunity for all of the marginalized communities to not even if they not even if we bend with uh, bind with each other, but bind amongst each other. And we say, you know what, right now, there is so much discord in the white community, when it comes to Republicans, conservatives, liberals, um, Trumpists, you name it, they're all freaking out right now, because they don't know what to do with it. This is the time that we start pushing things that we want. This is the time that we start talking louder in Biden's ear. This is a time where we start getting people ready to be primaries for these different people who are in the seats, right? Because we now know that they are so confused that they're, they're creating new, new narratives, right? There's, like, first it was a rally, then it was a protest, then it was a revolt, and now we're back to just being disenfranchised and misled. What? The only reason that would be confusing is if you're listening to their messaging. What is it that we're after? That's what I would say we, we, we got to stay on. And now I'll shut up. Hey, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Theus. Um, got another long time friend of mine who has joined. My man, somebody Jose. just pulled a Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, Jose? How you doing, man? What's up, Cortez? How you doing? Been a Come long time, in, brother. Been a long time. Hey, yep. so, so you know, if um, I'm sure, I'm sure you you caught up to speed pretty quickly. We're just trying to get everybody's uh, opinion on how, on how to feel about these most recent events. Care to weigh in on it for us, bro? Yeah. Well, peace to everybody, and um. I enjoyed listening to what everybody had to say so far. Uh, and all, you know, valid. 
it's an important time to have a forum to voice, you know, how you feel, you know. Um, and I, I just think there's so many angles to look at here. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things I think is important to look at that, that means most to me is what Antoine said, because, um, you know, the, the, the philosophy of white supremacy can be adopted by anybody. The white supremacists are not just white people, it's black people, brown people, Asian people who believe in white supremacy. And in order to believe that, you have to believe of the, if that exists, so does the polar opposite. So if you believe in white supremacy, you believe in black inferiority or native indigenous inferiority. You believe if that group is that powerful, I must be somehow inferior. Now, not all of us adopt the I, but as a group, you can see it. And it's exemplified, you know, in my law enforcement career, um, it's exemplified by uh, people being issued badges, retreating from people in the Capitol building when they're supposed to double tap whoever walks through the door. Okay? And like, uh, what's my brother, Complex Mind Simple oh, Man? Oh, Thea. said, um, what did you say, Thea? She said, um, Paul Mooney had said this years ago, 27 years ago, on his race and masterpiece albums, he said, you know, these white judges see each other, see their children and see their colleagues when they're judging them and giving them lenient sentences. He's just using that as a example, as an anecdote, but it's the, the, the idea that, you know, white people are always reasonable with each other. There's a, I can reason with. This is why you see these guys mm -hmm. trying to get suicide by cop and the cop refu refuses thankfully, of killing these men. You know, they chase them down, they waving bats, you know, and these guys live. Mm -hmm. And uh, we over here trying to get in the vehicle or announce I have a weapon and it's concealed with the permit and we dead, you know, our friends are dead yeah. for that. So I, I just think it, it, there's so much beyond this moment to look at and to look at the scope of the real reality. And, and this is just our opportunity here to uh, experience what our ancestors and our grandparents, just our grandparents, experienced. Uh, this is new for white people. It should not be new for us, but it is new for some of us who think that we're in some new world where uh, racism doesn't exist or white supremacy does not exist. And that's unfortunate because that's the lack of conscientiousness and consciousness on behalf of our communities. But I go straight to Rosewood. You know, I go straight to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I go straight to the city I'm in. Olympia, Washington, we had a Chinatown here. They burnt it down. They burnt down the one in Tacoma, Washington. Those Chinese people had to go to Seattle or Portland where the last two Chinatowns north of California are. And this is a history. This is not new. And the fact that people have to deal with it now, I think is a good thing mm -hmm. in the way that um, the next step is to how are you gonna prepare? How are you gonna be prepared for if this arrives at your door? Because, um, you know, I, I think of um, Dr. Layla Africa. And he said, if you want to know how the black people in the Bahamas act, look at who owned them. He said, if you want to know how the black people in St. Louis act, look at who owned them. Mm -hmm. and, th and there's a very different um, way that we are in the, Amer in the United States of America. You know, there's different types of slavery. None of them were good. But uh, we were raised by... Mm -hmm the worst of white people in the world. 
What was that? Was that the same one? Was that the same gentleman that was saying, uh, if you wanted to see how how black people act and how they discipline their kids, yeah. that was how the white people. Okay, I did see that. I did yeah. see that. Yeah. So we, we, we adopted the slave master's way of doing things. So that's what we taught was the right. When they said uh, uh, black children were evil, so we got to beat the evil out of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just say this because these are these are these are um, everlasting points I'm trying to make, not just related to this incident because I don't look at it as some monumental incident. I know some people are really shocked by this, and some of us are, and that's okay too. I'm not talking, you know, like well, you're a sucker for thinking this shock. It's, it's horrible, but if you are surprised by this, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Okay, our, our white family in this country has shown us who they are. Uh, and I, I understand the plea of why don't you care about us? But if you're still asking them that, after all that happened to your parents, just think of your parents. You don't gotta go that far back, but I'm gonna go to my mother, I'm gonna go to my grandmother. When my mother was born, black people couldn't vote, you know? And um, you know, I'm of uh, mixed heritage and none of my people have had a good time dealing with our white family here. And part of that's because of what Thea said is they can reason with themselves, but to us, we're almost subhuman. Yes. And, I, and I'll just say, you know, I, I brought up that point of who raised who because our, um, our Spanish colonies and French colonies and the Portuguese colonies where slavery was, the difference was they allowed Africanness to be existent there. So there was still some semblance of identity allowed uh, for the groups to be together. That's why Haiti should be our hero there's some of the, the most African, that's right. There's some of the yeah. most African of us and they're the most vilified for it. And they're the yeah. only ones who freed themselves and still the most vilified for that. But it's it was still the sense. poorest too, and still the poorest to this day. Even though still it's one today. of the wealthiest land masses. That's yeah, exactly. 100%, okay. no, 100%, 100%, so yeah, so for me, once again, it still comes back to as part of what Jose was hitting on, man. It's about how we, viewing things what lens are we going to process this thing through you know yeah i understand like you said being shocked i mean it was a shocking thing i mean the day before was normal for what we call normal nowadays and then that day it goes from a bunch of crazy people at a rally to storming the castle so to speak and in that building you had at least two direct lines of succession for the US government. Mm -hmm. So we had to see Secret Service literally snatch the vice president and members of Congress and hide them, right? Some of them right. off, off the um, premises in, in unidentified locations. So yeah, I get, I get all of that. Um, I'm still gonna come back to us and say, what are we, how are we going to consume it? How are we going to digest it? And what are we going to do with it? Because our problems have not changed from the fifth. They, they, they're, they're still the same struggles and issues from a community level that we already had. So we still have to stay on the game. We still got to stay focused. So I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. That happened. Um, they're going to wrestle with themselves on what they do with it. Now they're talking about impeachment so that they can at least set a precedent for the person who comes behind. Um, they know it can't do anything to this guy. Um, 
They looked at the 25th, which was never really going to happen. And then in order to help make sure that didn't happen, half of his cabinet resigned. (laughs) So you got all this stuff going on. They're going to do what they're going to do. But one thing, and this is one of the things that Jose was pointing out, I think, is just look at our relationship over time and, and, and kind of stay focused on it, right? When Black people get scared, we tend to get quiet. When white people get scared, they tend to kill people, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> so we are in a violent moment, but right now that violence isn't even pointed at us. It'll, it'll work its way back mm-hmm. to us. Right. Come back. It's almost like a reprieve at the moment. They'll, they'll come back. Um, but right now, they're fighting amongst themselves. It's almost like a, a Cold War version of the Civil War early on. We got to choose our side. And this time when we choose our side, we need to come in with conditions. We need to be saying, hey, while you're talking about getting all these different reforms in place for the next president and um, trying to reconcile with these people who just attacked you. <laughs> um, we've been loyal the whole time. So this is the time for you to pick up that, re- that, that reparations bill and, and y'all need to really debate that. Hey, this is the time that you need to put some teeth in the HUD department so that they can actually help with housing. Hey, this is a time where, yeah, you're going to get in. You have a new secretary of education. We want that person to have some more power so that they can actually make some changes. This is the time to actually make our voices louder in the political sphere, because what they don't want is on top of Trumpists acting a fool, minorities acting a fool, too. They don't want that. So I'm just saying that's that's how I'm viewing it. So. But and and then that you know to piggyback off of what you were saying. Plus, if we act a fool, you know how we get down. I mean, from what I was seeing there with you know dude that tased his balls off and the one that fell off and broke all types of ribs, the the the, the shaman or whatever the whole it was just a lot going on. I, it was so bizarre too. Like they're just weirdos, yo. Like I just well, they attack. Well, say like first of all, like one thing I say is. David, David pushed a woman in there that had that was in a wheelchair. Yeah, no you talking about the nugget lady? She had no age. No disrespect yeah. to anybody that's disabled. I love disabled people, but seriously, like, since yeah. you have no arms and no legs, <laughs> where are you going? Like, what's your contribu- contribution to the revolution? But that's just it. That's why one thing I definitely will point out, folks: don't look at those people who stormed that building like that's the army of your of your opposition. That wasn't who that was. Because when they stormed that building, they stormed it purely out of privilege. Because once they got inside, they did like random violence and took selfies. Right. Believe me, they have the the people that would do this and do it right. Right. They took that's your opposition is out there. It ain't the knuckleheads you see in that they did it. That's a good point, Diaz. That's a yeah, because it was almost like a circus. It's like as tragic as, as as tragic as it was, it's just like how weird they were. It just took away from the seriousness of the situation because it was almost like watching a goofy movie. It was like, I mean, what was the, because I mean, those aren't the ones you need to be scared of. See, the ones who, who did this, it was your normal Trump fan base that you see at all his rallies. 
and they yeah. got hopped up in the moment. Like if you've ever been to like a multi-level marketing event yeah. or something yeah. like that, they get so full yeah. of emotion. Yeah, hype. And, yeah. Right. And that dude on stage, or if you're at a mega church event, right? The person on stage could almost direct that energy any way they want. Yeah. So once Trump directed the energy down the hill, they just went down the hill. And then when they got to the fence and they were making noise, ah, let me in, let me in. And then the police who probably sympathize with them are like, yo, there's five of us and about 2,000 of them. Let them through and the next line I have to deal with them. But you know what? I actually saw saw footage of when they first started bum rushing police in the barricades. I actually saw footage of a cop saying, Come on, come on, right? But that's what, but that's what I'm saying. First of all, you got you have um, sympathizers, okay? Right. Second of all, who he has like almost full police support, like all the police unions back him. So do you really? No police officers came to the rally. I mean, I'll be looking at everybody who took the day off. I mean, we know we got we got. (laughs) I mean, let's talk about that because we we know we have some police officers from from Georgia. we We know we have some from from Washington State. We know there were some that were DC local, but the thing about it is, uh, it's, it's, I, it's something that my dad keeps saying. It comes back to me um, is that if you, I mean, who's read who's read the Art of War? Anybody read that book? Mm-hmm. Okay, about, yeah. so you know the Art of War. So if you're thinking about this, right? If you really think about this, this is this has been a plan. I, I always said it has been a plan coup since the day he was elected in, in office four years ago, because. What he what that started out it's the, the racism is the cancer that's in America that, that's never been uh, died that's never been taken out or attempted to be taken out. So it's metastasized throughout our entire our entire uh, government, our system systems. It's it's systematic now. That's what we call systematic racism. So it's metastasized itself. And if you are an outside agitator, outside force, and you want to take over government and and, and and get us at our, what we perceive ourselves to be at our core thought of us being a great country of, of everybody gets their chance and equal opportunity and, and liberty and justice and all that, stuff like that. And we can show you to be, that to be false and bullshit, then we, we can destroy you, right? They're, they're just, right now we're being destroyed in every uh, court of opinion in every country around the world. Cause those, those, those pictures, those viral pictures that go, that go across, they don't just stay in the United States, they go everywhere. So the hypocrisy that we face here that, as black Americans in the, and here, people are noticing that and they're seeing that, right? And then they're saying, well, how can you, how can you talk to, when we come and negotiate the table with other countries so like that, they say, well, how can you ask us about what we got going on in our country when you, in your country, you had a 400 year history of this in your country. Yeah. But I would say so, it's not hypocrisy in a way because they've never, they've never truly lied. They've been consistent. Like I think we kind of play the rest of the world it's, short. It's the the rest of the world knows exactly what America is. Yeah, they know exactly I, what it is. But it's never, never. But they never turn the lie on itself, right? They, they never. Our the hypocrisy has always been for other people, right? We can do it to other people, but it's never been done to us. What to? I mean, not, and when I say to us, not mean like like black people. I mean like the good old white America, white privilege, right? It's that's it's never been turned on themselves. Right now, that that that's turning, and whatever that outside agitation force is, that's turning it. That's why. That's why I think it, that's it's a, the coup. That's the coup for our country. We we're we can never we'll never go back to being the same. Well, I would say I don't think we, we won't go back to being the same. Yeah. I hope we don't. 
Um, we need that change. Yeah, well, we need, we need we something will. more than this. So yeah, we yeah. So like one of the difference, the huge difference between a, a conservative and a and, and a liberal is a liberal looks forward to see what more they can achieve, right? And I'm doing this in a very basic way because I have issues with liberalism too. But generally speaking, they're looking forward for what more they can do, what different way we can do this. Whereas conservatives yearn to look backwards, right? So it's very few minorities that can look at the tapestry of America and look backwards and say those were better times, right? So I think a, a big piece of this is your ideology at play. Not, not you, I mean, it's ideology at play, mm-hmm. right? So if this had been a bunch of white people who were waving Obama flags, they would have been crushed. Yeah, of course. Even because though they, they were white. Right, because Even nobody, though they were white. They, but it's, it's the same with the civil rights, though. You uh, you know, Black sympathizers, they're, of course, now you, you're a traitor to your race, so they could crush you, too. Exactly. You become Black. Because you're going up against an ideology, which is so much yeah. deeper than just purely race. Because one of the things that Jose put up early is whiteness is not a pure identity it's an ideology it's very flexible like in america if you are of the right asian communities you're pretty much considered white if you are indian like india indian you're pretty much white now you come from some of the other asian communities the least the less desirable ones they lump you over here (laughs) with the other minorities you know what I'm saying? White is a very flexible concept. So even though I have a lot of very stringent ideas, I am starting to uh, morph some of my language to push more on that ideology piece because, man, we, we, we got a lot of work to do. And if you don't want us to take this to the streets, then we got to figure out a way to push this through politics and business. And, and that's, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure out how. And that's where I like to get more ideas about. You know, you know, um, if I may, before I make this point, I wanted to leave something with y'all to view. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I just got a, you know, um, I believe in our, our family around the world, the diaspora. Um, and I know there's like the uh, F Foundation of Black Americans and uh, ADOS, and I respect that too, because we have a special experience here in America, in the United States of America, that's different than everybody else's too. But um, there's a documentary series that was made by UNESCO, um, and it's called, it's pretty new, it's called uh, History of Africa with a female hostess, it's called with Zainab, Z-E-I-N-A-B, Badawi. Can you spell that again? Her name is Zainab, Z-E-I-N-A-B, and her last name is Badawi, B-A-D-A-W-I. Called History of Africa. It's like a 20-part series, and it goes through the beginnings to now. It covers part of um, you know, our experience here in the Americas, but it's really focused on, uh, you know, Africa. And I, I just I bring that up because again, it comes back for me for identity. Even though we have a unique identity um, here in, in this country. I, I like uh, the idea that was brought up that we need to decide how we're going to leverage our um, 
position shift because it's been given away for so long. Uh, and I'm not a Republican or Democrat. You know, I just refuse to participate in these one-dimensional uh, parties. Um, but I do, you know, I'm glad for you, Georgia. All the Georgians here, who I don't know who's all the Georgians. Yeah, Bravo, Georgia. Yeah, we all yeah. down so here, man. We're very, we're very thankful for your, your flip, because uh, that was not able to be foreseen. But Stacey Abrams did a tremendous job uh, yeah, with her effort. I know her and other people who helped her, but that's pretty awesome to be in the middle of all that red and be the only crip around all those bloods <laughs> down there in the South. Uh, but I, what I was saying, seriously, um, this is a good time to have a good memory and let that conservative value of the memory in the past kick in uh, because I would take names right now. Yes. And all these uh, Congress people and all the senators, what happened in DC is a violation. You know, this is something we all share. It's our country. You know, black people, the only people who have the biggest say over this land are the indigenous people who've been marginalized and pushed to the corners of the continent. And you don't even have to see them because nobody goes to the res almost. Nobody right. goes to the reservations. Um, and they're the only people who have a, a claim after them are uh, black people, white people, the, the people who've been here. So we have a say here, and that's a straight violation what happened at the Capitol. I would take names of all the senators, Congress, other officials, those police who are waving people in need to be fired yesterday. Fired. And charged. And charged. charged. That's right. No, that, that's right. And there should not be any leniency here. And I will say going forward after the 20th, this is my, this is me. This is how I feel because I'm not into the games and let's make, there's no deals. Like, uh, yeah. like Gotti said when he went to prison, he said, no deals. There'll be no <laughs> deals. Nobody's making no deals with the feds. He didn't allow his family to make a deal to get off of uh, prison time for acts that they know they committed, and we ain't ratting on nobody. No deal. How you gonna re how you gonna reconcile with somebody who ain't even sorry? That's yeah. exactly right, and that, right. that's what I'm saying is the Democrats <laughs> right. who have that Senate for two years at least, you know, Congress and Senate. Um, I, I wouldn't make any deals with Mitch McConnell. I would bury them. I would yeah. ramrod ramrod every policy you ever wished. You, you could have brought forward, I would put it all through and make them taste it and eat it all. I would really do it with the vengeance because they held up for the last 12 years, uh, directly 12 years progress from Barack Obama's uh, inauguration all the way through to Donald Trump. 12 years of just holding up, you know, doing things that are um, counterproductive to the US citizen and we allow it. And I'm gonna pass the mic real quick, but I, I'm gonna say, I wanna say this, because what we saw in DC was also something that may need to happen one day. And I'll say it because our founding fathers said it. And our founding fathers, as brilliant as they were, as hypocritical as they were, these are um, slave owning men who talked about freedom and justice and liberty. And they come from the Englishmen. So they know what that meant. They knew they were escaping the monarchies of England. And they knew that they meant freedom and justice, but they were only thinking of themselves. But Thomas Jefferson said something we should always remember. He said, in this country, in order to maintain this style of life and government we have, this applies to everybody. You meant for white men, but this applies for everybody today. He said, every generation, about every 25 or 30 years, every generation needs to be prepared. Not mm -hmm. necessarily, 
be prepared to turn the country on its back. Yeah. To flip mm -hmm. it over. And, and he said it because, you know, there's many reasons we could go over why he said it, but I know the monarchies of Europe and England, where he's from, where his grandfathers are from, uh, that's what they did is they just passed power to their children, to their friends. They hoarded the power and it didn't serve the citizens. That's why they, those white people from England escaped. They didn't come here as regal people. They came running away from England and the hell that they were catching over there. So they came here and he just said, he said that I'll never forget it because we've only had one time that happened. That's the civil war. And we're kind of overdue in terms of generations. And I feel like my, my, weakest judgment says this was not the time for that to happen. This is just white people being uh, dissatisfied. Just being spoiled. This is how this is how they act. Uh, it's historically, you know, when Rosewood is a prosperous black town, they can't take it. Uh, Bellingham, Washington, Indians, Indians from India had a great employment there in 1907 and they rioted and raided that city up by the Canadian border, ran all the Indians into Canada. And there's a history of this. This is not new, but I would just say um, Thomas Jefferson's words should be remembered because um, there is a time and place where this could be necessary. And I just feel like this is not it. No, but I agree with you, Jose. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I think I think that America needs to pay close attention to what happened on the 6th, but all the the marginalized communities of America shouldn't overblow what happened on the six. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that was, I mean, real talk. It to me, it was a a rally that got out of hand and a bunch of opportunists that went too far, mm -hmm. and they only went too far because they were allowed to do so to. because of who they appeared to be. Okay, so that no, is. You know no i have to disagree with that because i think like when you say that you kind of minimize i mean yeah they're stupid but you know they're dangerous though you know what i'm saying and yeah it was an easy it was easy but I, I don't know your wording to me just makes it you know it kind of give them a pass we have to call them for what they are man he's a terrorist so it's not you well know, i apologize then i okay. certainly wasn't trying to give them a pass because what you do know of me is i don't much i don't think much of them Right? Oh, so they're doing what they're doing. And because I'm not surprised by it is why I probably don't use more stronger terms. Right. Um, I'm glad to see that the FBI is rounding up people across the country because what they did is on par, whether they intended to do it or not, is what they did is on par with the Confederacy rising, rising up against the established government of the United States of America. And they did it not because they were against uh, the North getting rid of slavery, not because they were against the North taking advantage of them economically. It was because their guy lost an election. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. so I'm not, I don't mean to minimize it. It's just that it's probably not as um, shocking to me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I get that's, what that's, you, that's where I would yeah. put it. Yeah. It's just, it's because for me, it, it, it's like, you know, I just was, the, especially the part that was most disgusting to me was when, you know, they all said their piece. And now, like, I had to watch all these hypocrites sit there, you know, and just, oh, my God, like, we cannot go on like that. Watching Mitch McConnell. And I was just like, 
dude. You deserve everything you're uh, getting it, more. Yeah. For me, it was Lindsey like, Graham. Lindsey Graham was the, 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 yes, was the but, worst. But, but, was but the Lindsey worst. Graham, Lindsey Graham always been oily, slick, and a filthy animal. Like, and then Ted Cruz. Ted, Ted, should, Cruz, is like, Ted Cruz is the, I'm oh. sorry. I, I have to, y'all rated R. He's the biggest pussy I've ever seen in my life. Between oh. him and Kim, I mean, the, the definition of a weasel is Ted Cruz. Like I'm like, how, I don't even know how his wife respects this Yo, man. I will put I will put it a little different. Like I say Lindsey Graham is a weasel because he'll go wherever the wind shifts, right? Wherever he thinks he can latch on to power, he'll go. But Ted Cruz and that Holly dude, no, those are parasites. Oh, no, the Holly you know the the dude, the dude the is another, to get no, he's another he's another Trump in the making. Now that's the one to watch though. Who? That dude right there, the Holly Cat. Yes, the Holly Cat. Well, I think they'll they'll find a way to marginalize him, and he'll go the way of a of a Goldwater yeah. because he 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 jumped too soon. He yeah. moved too yeah. soon. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. He's not. A, he doesn't have a charismatic and doesn't yeah. have the the, the heir apparent. The heir apparent to Donald is Donald Jr. So that's where you need to keep your yeah. eye open if you're going to look yeah. at that kind of mentality. Cruz thinks that he can maneuver. And get the support of people who've never really supported him because he's been like disgusting since he got there. Like yeah. <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes him on either side. He just keeps being an opportunist and, and he's, a, he's, a, he's spineless. Right. He has no convictions other than money and power. So for him, if he found an opportunity to become a Democrat, if it was a if it was appealing enough, he, he would go. do. It. You know what I'm saying? But for him, it's like okay, you came in. And you like completely pissed off your whole party and was out for self from when the day you got there. If you remember back when Cruz came in, right? That's how he was rolling. And then he came um, in as a Tea Party member, though. Yeah, right. And then he goes up against, um, you know, Trump and and everybody else in the uh, election, the original election primaries, and he gets his his butt handed to him because he thought he could go and fight a fight a fist fighter. Right. Trump's a fist fighter and you are captain of your you know, debate team. So yeah. you figure you can go up against this cat and he handles you. He insults your mother, your father and everything. And your wife. He called your wife. Ugly. And your wife. Right? right. And then you become his most ardent supporter, not because you want Trump's approval, but it's because you see Trump's power and you want a piece of that. So you will you will become a cuck <laughs> to try to follow and this dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and so you'll watch you. I mean, and, and it really kind of fits the term fits, even though it's a disgusting term. But he he was willing to sit back and watch his family be victimized. If it could allow him an opportunity to find the pleasure that he seeks, what other term fits that? You know mm, what I mean? Mm. So where once all that all that stuff being told, we just got to once again, we can't be shot by it, though. We just got to know we got to fight it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We well, need I'm a... people on our side that are willing to fight. And I'm, I once y'all heard me before all this stuff popped off. So for me, this is a an opportunity in time. We got four years, right? Because we we don't know what's going to happen when Biden's first term is up. So we got four. We got two years. We got two years, really. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about legislatively as far as Congress. I'm saying we got four years of his first presidency to really get some traction when it comes to working across uh, ethnic groups and building alliances and partnerships to 
uh, getting a cohesive groundwork for our community for what we really want so we can push uh, structured agendas up the, up the hill. We only have about four years to do that. This election bought us time. It didn't buy us change, okay? Mm -hmm. And when his first four years are up, because there's a chance that they'll be able to hold on to the Senate, maybe, uh, if, because now people have gotten a chance to see that elections do work, right? There's a and sense they of matter, energy. and they matter. Yeah, there's a sense of energy right now that we have to keep pushing yeah. and keep feeding and keep congratulating and keep patting people on the back for doing basic shit, which is showing up to vote. But damn it, you just showing up made people like us who are more engaged possible to get our our our, our voices out. So we got to keep pushing that energy. But please believe you still have Nancy Pelosi, which is a conservative Democrat. And Joe Biden is a, is a conservative Democrat. And we ain't going to talk about Joe Manchin because he's really a Republican. But mm -hmm. we okay. have this short so window of time because when this, uh, this term is up, I am concerned. And, and y'all mark my words. If it's true, then you can hold me to it. The <laughs> Democrats are going to run somebody else against Kamala when it's her turn to run if something doesn't shift. I would think that's more about sexism, you know, <clears> true, because, uh, you know, these white men, you know, even more, the, the next thing that they love more than their racism is their sexism. So, you know, to be a black woman, yeah, that I, I can see that. They're going to come for her because she's a black woman, but they're also going to come for her because there's a there's an internal struggle within the party for who is the heir apparent. Everybody acknowledges that Biden is a placeholder. Like everybody mm -hmm. acknowledges it. He's it's only just, because no, but that's not, that's not because Biden's not capable. It's only because no, it's he's not old, because he's not capable. He's old as hell. You know what I mean? So I mean, well, yeah, he probably can't make it to another one. But I'm just saying, if let's use that as the framing, right? Let's just say no animosity or malice. Or <laughs> they just basically say hey, by the number of you know age and, and odds, Biden won't you know be running for re-election. If we take that as a given, then the Democratic Party has to decide who is the best person for us to put forward for whatever the Republicans come with, because we know that they're going to come with something. So even though they should put all their energy behind Kamala and really give her a chance to have a voice over these next two to three years to really see who she can be and what she can do, I suspect for the first time in recent history, the Democrats are going to start trying to find a new heir apparent. But let me tell you, I don't know though, because one thing I know about Kamala, she's very, she's very smart and she's very calculating in certain things. So I, I'm sure, you know, that she knows that. So if, if, if she has plans to become president, because, you know, I feel, this is just my, you know, personal opinion or whatever, but I feel that with this whole, it's a whole, it's a whole lot of shifts going on. And, you know, for the longest time, it started with Hillary trying to come in and, you know, I think it's going to come to a point where, okay, we put a, a, a black man into the seat, um, you know, even though he biracial, but still, you know, we consider Obama black. Um, <laughs> now I think the next step is going to be a woman. And if it's a black woman, that's even more awesome. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's, I think we'll just come full circle finally, even though I'm sure that'll come. It's like for every progression that we make, we have to pay a really hefty price. Like for the eight yeah. years of Obama, we had the four years of Trump. 
So and it's you, just like, you know, I don't know about it, but I think Kamala is very smart, and I think that she's used to people underestimating her, and I think that she's she's gonna be somebody to watch. So stay tuned. Just to be clear on that, because I think that might have gotten lost in my translation. What I said had absolutely nothing to do with her. Like I, I noticed she's very intelligent. She couldn't have been, she can't be where she is if not. She's extremely capable in her own way. She beat the whole damn field to be where she is right now. So everything I said was not about her. It's about the game of how Washington plays out. So if we, if things follow a logical order, then we had all these white men, then we had a qualified white woman, then we had a better qualified black man. She wasn't the, the, the qualified white woman, she wasn't likable though. She was like your Ted I, Cruz, but worse. Say I'm saying qualified. If you took her resume, oh, well, yeah, was qualified yeah. for the job, right? Far yeah. more qualified than any Republican president we've had in the last like three. Well, is it three? Whoever whoever Bush daddy was, right? Whatever George number H, George H, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's the last time they had on paper a qualified Republican president. Okay. And he only got to be president <laughs> of unique circumstances but yeah, he was just once right so now we go into the next rotation and i i can't go by what should happen because america doesn't function off of what should happen it functions on who has the most will and who's going to push for it and what opposition they're going up against so yes <laughs> it should be that the next president would be a woman and it would be kamala harris because she's abundantly qualified but what may happen is you have your pushback, right? Because we have these pushbacks after whatever. Um, and then you end up with, who's that lady from South Carolina? The Republican oh, lady that they keep talking about. Oh, I know. Oh, Haley, Haley with the uh, Indian woman? Yeah. Oh. I can't remember her name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but she has the resume and she can pass because she pretty much tries to pass all her life anyway. So she has that appeal. So mm. he could very well be the woman placeholder that we're talking about. We don't know. Hey, oh, Nikki Haley. Nikki there Haley. you go. Thank Haley. you. Yeah. So if we want to determine who's going to be next. We got to fight our asses off for it. And that means this is when the work has to, has to yeah, like, we really got work to do. But here, let me also have a cautionary tale, though. We also have to be careful because anytime you have a social, you have social changes and social pendulums that, that move, they move from one extreme to the next, other extreme. Like just like what we have with the Tea Party, we have to also watch for super liberalism, right? And, and as we as we talked about it as from a black perspective, lib, uh, any type of super liberalism or anything like that could not could not benefit us as well. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it it comes to a point where it comes, well, let's go for equality, and that therefore we don't have to. If we're going to be equality, then we we're going to have no color shouldn't be a shouldn't be a, a consideration. Yep. So if that's that's why case, I keep saying we got to push our agenda. That's why so I keep it, coming back to that. We have to have our message. We have to have our agenda because one of the videos I've been working on, but unfortunately it was so boring. I didn't post it. So I had to work on it um, is about Medicaid, Medicare for all. Right. That's a big mm -hmm. uh, progressive liberal uh, objective. OK, great. But if you don't fix the systemic racial issues that are right, embedded right. in the medical system, right, right. how do we benefit? Right. How do you have that without reparations? How do you have that if, without a systemic attack of, of fixing some of the structural issues? Because right? you know they're over they're overcompensating. And that conversation has to come from people who have an interest. 
that has to come from the poor, that has to come from the black, it has to come from the brown. These are the ones who are the most, and it has to come from our, our Native American indigenous people, yes, because yes. these are the ones that are currently being victimized by our medical system. And if you don't fix that victimization, if you don't put a, a bright ass light on it, then you'll have Medicare for all where still these people have disparate outcomes. You'll have, um, what is it? Universal healthcare, same issues. So mm -hmm. they have to happen together, but the only way they'll happen together is those marginalized groups have to be very loud. Because otherwise what you will get is you'll get universal healthcare of some form. So, all right, so, um, and, and wrapping this talk up a bit, um, with, with Trump's term coming to an end, you know, although he's been called king of the loopholes and he's been known to pull that magic trick out of, out of his hat, you know. Of the last hour. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, if, if, if the transition ab absolutely does happen with, with Biden coming in and, and with Biden and Harris coming in, um, I want to know from everybody, what would you like to see happen? Well, well, first of all, going back a little bit with, with Trump's ending, what would you like to see? And with Biden and Harris coming wow. in, what would you like to see? I'm going to start off by saying, as far as Trump, I just want to see the right thing done and for for what for what he's been accused of for what we all say he's been he's he's wrong for and everything i just want i just want justice to be served i want to see biden and harris we, we voted you in now you got to show and prove you know like anybody just because we voted you in to see it doesn't mean huh we could just like we vote you in, we can vote you out. We can vote you out. So you so you gotta show and prove. Whatever promises you make, come through with them. You know, I mean, of course, there's never gonna be a president that satisfies both sides or, or everybody. And I'm not looking for a perfect president, but I'm looking for a president to do the right thing. And if you, if you want to hmm. make amends. With if you if you want to make amends with with the bridges that Trump has burned, do it. But don't keep us as the American people in the dark about what you're doing. No. So yeah, for me, I'll say I mean, for me, uh, what I want to see done is one, we uh, we we hold accountable to all those that are, we got we have to to scour our society of the of the things that brought Trump to light. You know. Right. And what and what fed Trump, right? So that means we we not only on record, we we know we only see, we only seek federal charges for those people that were that were in the that had the insurrection because they're rounding we them seek, up quick. We I mean federal charge into the the fullest extent of the law, right? Mm -hmm. And not convictions and charges, um, I mean charges and convictions, and then also for the the congressman, the one hundred and forty some that that. That uh, that said that they didn't believe in our, our that took an oath earlier that day and then said that they didn't believe in the election results. I think they should be not only censured but taken out of the out of out of the house, redo their elections because they don't believe in our democracy. Those they're treasonous. Those, if we leave them in place, they're just they're just 
they're just pieces of cancer that are going to metastasize and we're going to start going to be all over the same place again. Right? You used, you used the perfect word when you said treasonous. I, I agree with they're that. Treasonous. That's it's treasonous. That's it's treasonous. It's treasonous. Yeah. Exactly what it is. Because we've already voted. We voted. We, the people have spoken. We voted. They were put there for to, on our or what we voted for. And they went in there and said, no, we don't, we're, we're going to overthrow what the people have said. So that's treasonous. After they just won the election that put their asses in there in the first place. Right, exactly. Treasonous. So take their asses out. All of them need to go. You put, you put your, you put your, you, you marked it. Your name is an infamy right now. We need to take your ass out. You need to be out. And then also for the media, we need, we need the media to actually report a fair and balanced story. Fox News is also complicit in this as well. Sorry. Oh, Bart is, Bright Bart is complicit in this as well. Now, I know that you're going to have this conversation. They're going to try to spit it and say it's censorship and all that in the first uh, our freedom of speech and stuff like that. But the freedom of speech says one thing, that I, I do not have the right to go into a, 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 a room and yell out mm -hmm. fire to people. Uh, does not My freedom of speech is not allowing that. And that's essentially what, what Trump did. Yeah, without fear of consequence. So that that is what they need to be held accountable for. So uh, I'd like to see Biden and Harris go in. I'd like to see that uh, in the first 100 days, the first thing should happen. I think there should be a, a, the Obamacare should be rein, uh, reinstated how it is, and not just to have just not just to have uh, uh, medical insurance for everyone, but it should be affordable medical insurance for everyone. Because having an $8,000 deductible is not affordable for everybody. At all. You might as well not have insurance. You know, you don't have no insurance. Well, there you go. And I also want to see. I also want to see that there's a, a comprehensive reform bill when it comes to crim the criminal justice system. I also want to see that in the first 100 days that the Voters Civil Rights Voters Act is in is in place and strengthened. Because um, because even, even in 100 <laughs> even in the first uh, this last election we had in Georgia, Brad uh, Rassenberger he 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 tried to come out and be the hero, but he's not a fucking hero. Right, hundred ninety-eight thousand votes he, he purged. He purged one hundred ninety-eight thousand votes. Right, this election, right, and his own, and he did that, and and because the NFCP got got a hold of it, he, he they they it would have been it would have been almost five hundred thousand votes, uh, voters that have been off the registers. So he needs to be out. They're all out. We need to look. We need to really look at this fully. Uh, also, I think that we also need to do at this point right now, we need a pandemic uh, recovery uh, that needs to not only be uh, for, it needs to be for the, not only a, a check, but also unemployment, and then also something comprehensive for businesses as well. And not just, and when I say business, we have to, like Obama did, is to rescue sectors, right? We got to go in. We have to go in on this now. Um, I also think that we also, like, like Thea says, we do need to look at uh, well, I'm not probably in the first uh, 100 days, but in the first two years, we need to look at and have heavy discussion about reparations. And I'm not talking about just reparations when you're sending a check or whatever, but either that's on an economic level or whether that's an infrastructure level in those poverty, those impoverished cities, whatever it is, we need it. We need to have we need to have some say so on that. We need to no, we, we need to we need to close we need to close the wealth okay, gap. Can so I have now. your share. We need to, yeah. <laughs> we need to close the we need to close the wealth gap somehow, and I, I think that needs that needs to happen within the first two years of, of this this uh, administration. Okay. Those are good, Antoine. You can't prepare. Go ahead, Antoine. Right, right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jose, chime in uh, on. Well, thank you. 
great, great uh, analysis, Antoine, um, and recommendations. And I'll just say the reparations uh, argument should never be um, abandoned. That should be reintroduced every session. And just so America can look at itself and see if this is how you treat the uh, least of your country, the people you've given the worst odds to succeed and still we rise like this, you know, look at yourself every day with it. That should always be active. Yep. And shot down every year as much as it needs to be because, you know, they feel like they don't owe us. And I would say with the reparation concept, the dashi, the, the reparation concept would be to um, repair ourselves first. Mm. Repair ourselves first. Um, and that, that goes into how you treat each other. You know, how we regard each other. Hold on, just half a second. Y'all dogs, dogs be acting up. Antoine's causing all this ruckus and tension. Look, so, uh, <laughs> what, I, what I would say is also, um, you know, you know, sometimes people hate to be the decided. You know, if you're like, if I, I'm the last person who has to choose, and if I choose, it's going to make them mad or make them mad. I think we should embrace our role as the deciding vote. Mm. And I think that's what we proved ourselves to be. With uh, can y'all hear me? Or the dogs drop me out. No, we hear you. Okay. Yeah, we hear you. Hey, stop it. Uh, Georgia and the United States in this session, like Joe Biden, and you're right, Theus. I believe I agree with you. I'll just say that. Um, this is a reprieve. This is just a momentary uh breather from Donald Trump. Yeah. That we have here. And, and black people delivered, black people in the 70% Latinos who could be relied on to vote together with black people uh, delivered this, especially black people, especially in places like Georgia. Um, so I think you, you have to harness and leverage that position as we're the deciding vote and come together with that body. That's so hard for us because we have such a, a history of fragmentization and self-fragmentization after being trained so well to do that way by our um, slave masters and, you know, former slave masters. Oppressors. Just, yes, oppressors. It's just a um, damaged result of being damaged people beyond the imagination. No one could fathom what's happened. And this still is apparent, but I would say to start to address that is to repair each other, just how you greet each other. That's how you greet each other and knowing um, you know, the difficulty it is just walking down the street in some places or just being breathing on a day to day basis. You know, simple, but again, harnessing the strength of the people. I don't rely on Joe Biden to do a whole lot. Kamala Harris has to play a very um, keen and sharp card. She can't step out of line too much. She can't be too much of a black woman because she'll ostracize herself. She has, don't worry very, about that. she has a very slick, path to walk if she wants to try to get a nomination because uh, black women are still the backbone of all womanhood in our nation and still the most uh, vilified and treated with the most animosity. You know, black women are the mothers of this country, period. We raised the white children, our grandmothers raised the white children and everybody knows it. You know, aside from uh, Native American women who are just marginalized, raped and pushed to the side. Um, this is the history of black women in their treated the worst uh, for it, only in America. So I, I would just say, um, 
in terms of reflecting on what needs to be done is like, this is really a people's moment. Like these, um, these people tried to raid the Capitol. You know, they, they moved at the wrong moment, you know, thoughtlessly. These people were executives and elected officials all out of their positions overnight. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a critical moment and we have the benefit of knowing how this works. If we would just retract and recite our history and say, you know, well, how do we move from here? Because we don't want to move like our ancestors did because they were petrified. You know, they were scared to death because they were terrorized for centuries. And we saw what would happen if you stood up, but we have a chance to stand up and be counted. And uh, just the way you do that is the voting. Georgia set an example for that. That's a national example, very powerful. Um, and I, I think really, you know, how we repair ourselves. If you're still asking, I, I think I said it on our last call, you know, Minister Farrakhan said, um, when those people in DC, the young people of DC were saying, we keep asking the city fathers for help with these programs to help the youth. And Minister Farrakhan just says, I'll never forget. He said, you know, when you're asking for help from a morality that doesn't exist. And, and so our morality does exist. We still have uh, love for each other and we have to find that and use that uh, sincerely. And note that not everybody who looks like us is us too. It's very, uh, it's a very steep mountain to scale, but we were built for this. We're, right. we're, we come from the amazingness of the earth. Like we should not even be here in the position the world's we're in right now. And we're here. So I'm just going from a more philosophical and spiritual perspective, um, you know, to counterbalance Antoine's great analysis. So that's why your friend is smart too. Uh, Y'all did that today. Shout out to your friend. All right, friend. Good points. Esther, what you got? What I would like to see happen is the Democratic Party, the Democrat part, the Democrats, I should say. Um, I would like them to finally get a backbone. Um, I would like them to finally stop playing defense and try stop trying to act like they're the good the good guys all the time. Um, you know. Right yeah, now, we're giving you this opportunity. And we your concern should not be if, because it seems to me that no matter what Democrats do anyway, they're going to get villainized. You're going to be liberals and extremists and everything under the sun. So who cares what they're calling you or what they think? They already hate you. So you're in a great position to just do whatever the hell you want to do anyways. Um, they're just too weak. And the Republicans, they don't care about getting their hands dirty. You know, and the Democrats, you get your hands dirty too, but you want to try to act like you're the greater party. And that's not the time for all that bullshit. So we're giving you the opportunity to step up and do what you say you're going to do. However, you know, like all of you guys pointed, uh, I don't care if it's people that look like us, we're not giving out free votes anymore. Um, we're gonna, we're, now we're really at that point where we've been through so much trauma and we've been through so much um, you know, in these past four years that we're literally now we're taking names and we're holding people accountable, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're dem uh, a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, it doesn't matter because what's going to happen is if, you know, we have gone to bat to give you guys this opportunity. Okay. I mean, you know, cause Georgia, this was like a stretch, but we did that. We proved them wrong. We made history. So 
now that we've gotten you to this place, if you don't deliver, you know, and you just think you're just going to take it for granted and think that you're just going to, you know, pass, you know, one or two things. And then after that, you're just going to keep it, keep it moving. We're going to get to a place where the people are going to revolt against all the parties in government, Republicans, Democrats, because at that point, it's like, you know what, we could cut out the middleman because, you know, it's been way too long where Democrats, you know, have sold black folks a, a, a bill of goods. Hey, and we're the nicer party. And right now we have to align ourselves with Democrats because, you know, the alternative is far, far worse. But at the same time, you know, don't get caught up in affiliations because it, it, it sometimes they're like the same people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, I would like to see more like agendas geared towards helping out, you know, people of color and communities of color. Um, and I don't want to hear all this thing about, oh, you know, we're trying this a process. It takes time because we've been hearing that for a very, very, very long time. And again, we've all, you know, we've been left holding the bag. So now is a perfect opportunity to be aggressive and going hard and going heavy because now we're looking at you and we're holding you guys accountable. And like I said, there's no more free vote. So, you know, please, I would like to see you do exactly what you promised, you know, for once, because we're too used to politicians coming in, pandering, tell us what we want to hear. And then, we get nothing. So we're, we're you know, tired of going for the military. Yeah, we're gonna hold people accountable. You know, yeah. can I can I add something real quick just to piggyback yeah, ahead, real quick? Yeah. Just real quick, because I know uh are you up there? So you about to go up? Yeah, but go ahead, bro. Well, what Esther just said, holding people accountable um through elections and, and these elected officials and public officials. I think, you know, it just reminds me of uh, A. Philip Randolph. I always, I have to speak on behalf of my ancestors. Y'all hear me going into history all the time. And that's who oh, I'm part of who I represent. My ancestors and our future generations. And um, A. Philip Randolph brought President Roosevelt, who's a great president, brought him uh, our, our issues to his desk back in the 1940s, uh, maybe late 30s. And, um, you know, President Roosevelt listened. He said, yeah, I know black people need this help. I know, you know, I just did the new deal. Um, I know that, I'm aware. Actually, I wanna help black people. He said, you know, President Roosevelt has a million things, million people want his attention. He said, now that you told me what you want me to do, you have to make me do it. And what he meant by that was now you have to put the pressure on me for everybody to see that I can't help but have to do it. Mm-hmm. I can't help but have to put people in position to deliver what you want because you're that much of a, a, a rusty nail. You're that much of a squeaky wheel. You're that much of an agitator that, and I respect it, that I have to do something. And I just think uh, that that's who we have to be. You know, our ancestors uh, re- relatively recently showed us that. and. Um, I think that needs to continue. You know, it really needs to continue for what Esther said, um, because these people could sit in office for 20 years. Yeah. And look like us. And and look like us and not deliver anything. 
better breathe. Going but it's really, again, I guess it just goes back to it's really us uh, embracing, assuming and embracing our role. And it's a good time to do it. What else do we, Donald Trump did say something that made sense. He said, you know, what else do you have to lose? <laughs> right. He did, he I would did. turn that phrase. <laughs> I would turn that phrase because you're right. Like he said that, but he was saying that from like, yo, vote for me because what else you got? I know. I know what right? he's saying. <laughs> I know. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, what I, more yeah. do you have to lose? Yeah. yeah. What, what more do we have to lose before we decide that we're done losing stuff? Right. And, and, and we don't have a lot left. That's what I'm saying. We can't afford to yeah. lose anymore. And, and that's, what I say. that's why I say we're tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. But yeah, what I mean, I'm going to say, though, no. is I'm going to push that back to you, Brother Cortez, as are we, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's easy for us to say what we're frustrated about, but your actions will dictate what you're truly tired of. Mm-hmm. Okay? So mm-hmm. are we truly tired? So when I say, when I look at um, coming in, one of the things you brought up, Jose, was so beautiful, was about the outside agitation because it wasn't just back then with A. Philip Randolph. History constantly repeats itself in echoes. Um, Malcolm X would say to us, the problem is not between Democrats and Republicans. Your problem is against conservatives and liberals. He told us that mm-hmm. back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And we're still dealing with it 60 years later. Mm-hmm. When white America, a white power structure had to decide how they want to deal with the civil rights movement, they, they threw everything at it. They threw local enforcement. They threw FBI. They threw CIA. They threw everything at it. And mm-hmm. the main reason that they latched on to Dr. King, <clears throat> pardon me, was because there was another level of outside agitation to that outside agitation because they did not want to deal with the likes of a Malcolm. Right? Yeah. So every change that we've had throughout history came because there was an either or going on. <coughs> And then you come forward to Obama. When Obama went in, one of the things he said was exactly what Jose just said. I'm going to go in there, but you got to push me. Right? So we put him in there, but we didn't push. So now we have Biden going in and we have Kamala going in. And we have, I'm saying we, even though, eh, whatever. But we have the House, the, the Senate in a way, you know, the sentence on a, on a razor line, but it's the best we're going to get right now. And then we have the White House. So now are they going to put us back on the shelf? Mm-hmm. And so right now there's this overwhelming uh, media narrative and social narrative that we want to heal, but we really don't want to heal. We just want to kind of stitch this up a little bit so we can mm-hmm. stop looking so bad to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. right? We don't really want to fix anything because we never really fix anything around here. But hey, our image has been soiled. Let's clean it up is really what we're hearing. So what do I want out of this administration? Um, I guess my view is a little bit more, I don't want to, I'm using the word nuance, but I don't know if that's the right word. So I ultimately want reparations, but I don't expect it from this administration. That's a huge thing to ask after 200 years of history of fighting for something. So what I do want is I want tangible benefit. We have delivered on one side of our promise. Now you deliver back to us. So I want education reform, like I said earlier. Um, that will benefit not just Black people, that will benefit all you know, poor people in America, period. But it will help us. Um, I want actual systemic 
invasive reform into the medical system and the corporate structure that guard that that guards it really, because that's where you can help to change the mortality rates for our women as they go in there. Um, you can help to change the mortality rates for our men when it comes to things like hypertension and um, uh, what's the type of cancer that we we die from a lot? Colon cancer, prostate cancer, right? So I want those tangible things to be attacked. Um, so that's what I want out of the Biden administration. I don't have a very long list for them. Um, education and the medical portion. Um, Medicare for all, let's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm actually for it, but it's not my objective. I want you to fix what's underneath it before you, you know, roll out a new thing for me. Um, I want you to do the hard work first. And then all the other thing I want is what I'm continuing to work on and hopefully I'll keep getting better at it is we have to organize at our, our county and our state levels. We got to take over these party dynamics. We got to take over the leadership roles. We have to get better people in place. We can look at the Tea Party and we can say, well, let's see what worked for them and let's remodel that for our purposes. You go up in there and I'm just, I keep using this guy's name because it's the one I can remember. But Jay Clyburn, been in there forever, right? Member of the Con Congressional Black Caucus. I'm not saying the man hasn't done good work. I'm just saying he hasn't done it in recent years. So now it's, you are gonna go in with a clear objective, Mr. Clyburn, that actually represents our community and really pushes for a change, meaning, really use that power and influence that you've worked so hard to develop and put it to work for us, okay? And if you don't, we're primarying you, right? And do that all the <laughs> way across the board. And we primary these people from the courthouse all the way to the Senate and the Congress. That's what I want uh, to see happen all during this period of time. So mm -hmm. that, that's, that's, that, I guess that's what I'll say and I'll, I'll shut up. Hey. They don't want. They don't want us engaged in the in the political system at, on a on an all out they level don't. like that. Because if we did, because that means we were like you not know this that the if we wanted to see the judicial system change overnight, if we started doing it, we started taking more, uh, making putting our candidates and stuff like that um, at the on the local courts and, and the uh, circuit courts and the federal courts. Bro, this, this whole system is going to change Antoine, like, they, overnight. They, they, it would last out again because think about it. If we did that, then we would take away their cash cow. You know what I'm saying? Which they is won't. mass incarceration. Why Why would you do that? Because then who, who are you going to lock up? They will up? always lash out and they will always fight back. And that's one of the things we as a Black community, I'm speaking in a general right, term, because right. we have a lot of great activists and fighters out there. But I'm saying as a community, we're a very sleepy community. And part of that is because we've always feared the backlash and the Democrats function in a very similar way. They're always afraid of the backlash. If I do this, what will the Republicans do? Well, sometimes you just got to freaking do it. OK, and then deal with the backlash. Um, I invite you all, if you're not familiar with them, Deacons for Defense. Right. They were a group out there in Louisiana and other parts of the Delta. And this was a group of World War I veterans and other black men in the area 
And they had this huge issue where the Ku Klux Klan and the other, what was it, the Knights of the Confederacy, whatever people were called, they would do these rides through the neighborhood and just traumatize the black community, burn things, kill, kill people, beat people, do whatever the hell they wanted to. And eventually this group stood up and they were like, we're the men of this community. And we're going to show them that, hey, you can come in, but that doesn't mean you all going to make it back out. Okay. <laughs> they were willing to deal with whatever the consequence may be because yeah. the consequence of doing nothing, we do know what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the model of resistance that we need. We are not, I mean, this is not to minimize Dr. King because he's a great man, but we're not all that movement. Okay. We're also Stokely's. We're also Malcolm's. We're also Fanny's. We are so many things. And we need to look to the past and bring that energy forward and, and stop saying that I am not my ancestors. You damn right you're not your ancestors because your ancestors wouldn't have stood for this shit. That's why they kept standing up and getting beat and getting and, and fighting. These We are a warrior people. And not to get too far off track, but it kind of speaks to when you hear people say kings and queens, like we're all kings and queens. Yeah, I think I said this once before. If y'all want to believe that, fine, believe that. That's cool. I mean, whatever makes you better, makes you sleep better at night. I look at it and I say, the ones who came over here, those were your craftsmen and your soldiers. Those are the ones who were captured because back then when they captured soldiers, they would trade them amongst the different tribes. And then when the white man came, guess who's the first people to move? You sell the slaves that you already got. Okay. They came here. We've been fighting since we got here. That wasn't no king and queen shit. That was some straight up, let's get it out the mud soldier shit. We need to tap into the fact that we are the strongest bloodlines amongst our people. To survive that cross journey across the Atlantic, that's some good blood that came across that water. A lot of people didn't make it. So here we are, tap into, become your ancestors, damn it. Become your ancestors. And that way we can sit here and say, no, I'm tired of you. Uh, you throw money at the school, but you give me the shittiest teachers that you can find. I don't want that no more. I'm taking over the school board. No, I'm taking over the PTA. No, I'm going to be in your school every month, every year until you make sure you're taking care of my kids. If you want somebody to go see about Jamal who's having a crisis right now, you send one of us over there. You don't send a resource officer with a gun and a badge. You know what I'm saying? We can do that shit. Right. We want to stop them railroading our children off the prison because they got attitude issues or they're dealing with the ramifications of poverty. OK. You want to get rid of some of the crime. You want to get rid of some of the dysfunction. You get some damn money up in there. Right. You stop having us living in dilapidated housings, but there's code and enforcement that says that you're not going to go after that landlord. Because he made political contributions. Now, he need to fix that damn building that you got somebody living in that's not up to code, that's not safe to be there. We have to decide that, fuck it, I'm done. I'm done trying to just be piecemeal about this shit. We're going to put some politicians in there and let them play the political game. And then we're going to do this right here out here in the streets. But it's not all about making noise. It's not all about tearing some shit down, even if, if it gets to that point. I'm OK with you guys doing it. I really don't care. Um, but. This is a send it all, man. Send the army, the Navy, the Marines, send it all. And we got to decide what we want and go for it. And, and that's what I from, you, If you went from nerdy to gangster, boy, I was like, go ahead. Dog. That shit was kind of hot. Go ahead, 
I'm sorry, I get I get all wrapped up and go off track, y'all. I was like, hey, calm down, hey. killer, calm down. You, you was ready, y'all. I see you, this. Hey, hey, still great talk. Hey, another great show in the books, man, as far as I'm concerned. I told y'all we had a good talk Thank today. You, yeah. Jose, you, know you should come back. You did that, Jose. Hey, yes, man, yo, I went to high school with this man. This man has always right. been, his, 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 my, we used to be in a rap group together. Remember that yeah. for for real. It was for, for real. For real. So this man, this man laid the groundwork for our first track that we laid out. You know, but he gave me like he gave me Sean King vibes. No offense though. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sean King is black too, ain't he? No, he's yeah. black, but I'm saying he kind of look like Sean King. I don't know. They got the glasses. Oh, no. I, I just don't know. I don't know much about Sean. I, just, I respect his work, but I, didn't, I don't know much about his background. Yeah, I, More think, I, think, I think he's biracial or something. Morehouse grad. Morehouse grad. You know, off not not on track and off track at the same time, man. As far as I'm concerned, hey, um, I'm not gonna ask you. I'm wait, I'm not gonna tell you what you are. I'm gonna ask you who you are. You know what I'm saying? So my brother came up in here. He said, "Look, I'm biracial and uh, and I, I cling to the ancestors and I'm black." He said all of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about you, Esther. I'm, I'm, I feel you. But I'm saying to those who are out there who keep getting lost in the weeds and we want to keep sitting and do this weird ass um, who's black and who's not thing. Ask them how they represent themselves. Ask them who they are. Don't tell them who they are. Ask them who they are. And when they tell you that they're your brother, they tell you that they're your sister, then you just got somebody who lined up with you. Well, and, and also, let me add this. Pay attention to how people represent themselves. Um, because a lot of our friends are not even of our blood line directly. You know, we're all related as a human family. But, right. you know, um, we make the mistake because of our traumatic experience here we feel like we're kind of isolated as black people um and it's you know understandable but it's not true and so when we look at people like uh, malcolm x you know he had japanese people around him you know he had puerto rican people around him and uh, of course he was affiliated with the nation of islam and muslim mosque incorporated mostly black american people but he went to africa and part of my um the hard reality as a child you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised uh, by my mother and my sister, who we had a conscientiousness about who we were since a young child. So it's not something I just learned. Um, and I represent all my blood from Europe and Africa and the Americas, because uh, I wouldn't be alive without one ounce of it. So I I'm not ashamed or shy or hiding or trying to be nothing. I am who I am. And uh, God accepted me when I took oh. my first breath. So that's, that's where I begin. And, you know, the hard, one of the hard things we get so um, mistaught about how, you know, white people are with our relationship with them. And I, as, even as a child, I used to blame, I used to be like, it was so easy to just say, you know, white people did this to us. And as I grew older, I started to see, you know, we have, uh, we're culpable. You know, our ancestors, some of our family cousins, other tribes, you know, the, the cool thing about Africa is there's no racism there. And so the differences we had within each other had nothing to do with our appearance. And they didn't judge people on appearance because they had enemies that looked black. Like, uh, uh -huh. And they had friends who were white at a time, for a time. 
Then white people's greed and brutality overtook them. And this happened everywhere white people went. Then they took it back in South, in South America, South Africa. The war is against yeah. whiteness, not white people. That's, um, that's right. That's so, right. No, so I, I'm with you. And then the reason why I interjected real quick was just because uh, uh, my view may be a little more, you know, different than, than other people. But I do believe in partnerships and allyships, you know, and I also would say just because you wear my uniform don't mean you're on my team. So no, no, that's right. That's right. And and I, I just uh, just to close my point, um, you know, it was really hard to come to the reality of learning um, our role. When I when I learned that our role and our demise was so significant, it let me know that we're actually the solution to most of our problems. Yeah. We're actually a solution to most of our problems. If we keep pointing outside of us as where the problem lies, you can do nothing about a problem outside of you. But if you can identify the problem you have from within, because even our enemies, we look at our Rwandan family, our, uh, our Hutus and Tutsis, these are people who live side by side for hundreds of years. And only when the Belgians came did they have this virulent, brutal violence in 1990s. Well, you inserted a certain culture. That's right. But but before, even though they had differences, they were able to amicably deal with them or not massacre each other to genocidal uh, levels within weeks, three weeks, 800,000 people dead. You know, so uh, it was just hard to come to this reality, but it let me know that we have solutions within us. Uh, when I look at Patrice Lumumba, one of my heroes, you know, the people who set him up, were complicit with the United States and Belgium, but these were black people from the Congo who helped do this. And Malcolm X's murderers look yeah. just like him. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when we when we have the uh, when we go back to our original wisdoms and see have sight beyond sight, when they say to use the third eye, the uh, people who commit the Egyptians say use your third eye vision. You know, we we just. Um, in that documentary I shared earlier that I would like y'all to watch if you get a chance, take your time because it's long. Um, one of the um, one of the Indabelis, the uh, offshoot of the Zulu people who are from, um, they live in uh, Zimbabwe now. Uh, he was talking about their ancestors and they said, um, he, he said, you know, there's no way that you can look at the world through one philosophy. And one philosophy thinks it's better than all others. And he was talking about Western philosophy. He said, the way we look at it is differently. And, and that's that should be okay. And we make fun of that here. We, you know, call it voodoo or we call, you know, anything that has to do with our ancestors, we kind of reduce it and debase it and don't uh, honor it. And I yeah, think we, were we, we, were taught, we were taught to reject that's it. We were exactly right. you, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Goes right now, back to what I've been saying about we got to center our culture and center our message. So long yeah. as you're listening to outside voices about what you should be, you will always be of multiple minds. That's right. You know what I'm saying? What is it that will benefit your collective and then move from there? Yeah. And I, I think that'll help a lot. Yeah. Good show, guys. Hey, family, I appreciate y'all, man. It was a good one. Another great show, man. I appreciate everybody. Um, hey, man. We hey, I'll see you next. Uh, I'll be there next uh, in the middle of this month on the 20th. So I'll see you, uh, Jose. Make sure I have oh, me yeah. some more drip. Make sure I have me more drip. You know what I'm saying? 
I will. I will. And I'll have my kid with me, too. Hey, I, I got to get my kid with me. Because we, we got to catch up, Jose, for real. I know. I see you online all the time, man. We don't, we don't be talking, though. Yeah, man. I, I don't do a lot of talking online. But, yeah, we, we definitely going to catch up, bro. Yeah. But um, thank everybody for watching who did watch. Uh, I want to thank Esther, Thiers, Twan, and especially my boy, Jose. Um, join us again. We're going to have more good talk like this. All right? Cortez. Yeah. According to my recollection. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, is that sounding off, bro? One of my old bars. Yeah. We signing mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Uh, Peace, y'all. Thank you, everybody. All right. Yep. Peace, everybody.